Come on, y'all give God praise all over this building. Magnify the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, amen. Amen, it is wonderful to be back here again in the house of God. Amen, it is also awesome to have your pastor here with us this weekend. Man, I told him when he picked me up in the vehicle this morning, I said, man, long time no see. <laughs> Amen. But I thank God for him. I thank God for his wife. Amen. His family. Amen. We thank the Lord for you all. Um, I want to go in the word of the Lord. I want to go to the book of John, chapter 1. There's yeah, some things that I failed to deal with, but if you are a member of this church, and maybe not even a member, you do not want to miss tonight of the word from the Lord. The book of John chapter 1. Father, lead us by your spirit. Every word that comes out of my mouth today, Lord, I pray that it would be inspired by you. I don't want to speak anything that you're not speaking. I don't want to do anything that you're not doing. I don't want to lean to my own understanding. But Lord, I acknowledge you in this moment that I can do nothing without you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today, God, that you would visit your people. I pray, Lord God, for deliverance and breakthrough in their lives. And I pray, Lord, even this evening, Lord God, that your will would be done in this place. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would transform lives, this church, the ministries forever. I pray, Lord God, that there would be breakthrough, deliverance in areas that they thought they would never see deliverance in. Father, I pray for peace and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go to the book of John chapter 1. Verse 25, it says, and they asked him, and he said unto him, why baptizeth thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elijah, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchets I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth Barbara, in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seen Jesus come out, coming unto him, 
and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he whom I have said, After me cometh a man, which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel before, I mean, therefore, I come baptizing with water. And John bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. I want to talk to you about when Jesus comes. I want to talk to you about when Jesus comes. You can be seated. I would say that the story of John the Baptist would be considered in my mind a fascinating story. Not necessarily a fiction because we know everything that is written in Scripture is not fictional, but truth. For the Scripture makes a statement the things that are written aforetime were written for our learning that we through the knowledge of the scripture would have hope. But John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus. As a matter of fact, he is six months older than Jesus. And the Bible makes the statement that his mother, uh, after hearing the report of her cousin Mary, Elizabeth, the Bible declares that from the womb, after hearing the salutation, immediately the baby, which was John the Baptist, leaped within the womb of his mother. And after that happened, the Bible declares that from that point, John the Baptist was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amazingly, you don't really hear much concerning the two of them, Jesus and John the Baptist. You hear one count in the scripture where at the age of 12, Jesus was, I believe, in Jerusalem. And they ended up becoming disconnected. The parents uh, basically lost Jesus. And as they became nervous trying to figure out where he was, they found that he was standing among the men, teaching and opening up the scripture. And the men that were there were amazed at his understanding. But it was years later on down the road where you hear 
For the Bible declares where John the Baptist is now found in the middle of a wilderness. And while he is in this wilderness place, he is preparing the place, he is preparing uh, the pathway for Jesus to come on the scene. You have to consider the fact that he um, hears the word from the womb who Jesus was. And as he has heard it from the womb, immediately something happened on the inside of him. I've come to tell you that regardless of what state an individual is in, it is something powerful when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible declares that all, it wasn't necessarily Jesus that spoke. When Elizabeth was sitting there talking to Mary, there was not a conversation between Jesus and Elizabeth. Neither was there a conversation between Jesus and John the Baptist. But just by simply hearing the testimony of the word that Mary received from the angel, the Bible declares that immediately the baby that was in the womb of Elizabeth could not contain himself. I've come to tell you that when you hear something about the Lord, something should move on the inside of you. Every time you hear a testimony, there's something that should begin to move on the inside of you. The Bible declares that the baby leaped within the womb. I'm persuaded that it probably would have leaped even higher but because of the confinement of the womb, he could only leap so high. But he refused to allow the womb to stop his leap. There's some of you in this room, praise the Lord, you've got to learn how to leap regardless of whatever situation you're in. You've got to learn how to leap, praise the Lord, regardless of the confining positions that are in your life. The Bible makes the statement that when the baby heard these words, he leaped within the womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost. I've come to tell you that something happens when you move. Something happens when you move off of what you've heard from the Lord. And when you make that move, God's going to move on your behalf. Amen. How many of you in this room are grateful today? Praise the Lord that one day there was a leaping that took place in your spirit. You said, I'm not going to stay where I'm at, praise the Lord. But when you leap, something happened. God got a hold of you. God got a hold of your heart. God got a hold of your tongue. Filled you with the power of the Holy Ghost. But the Bible lets us know that John the Baptist was not even, John the Baptist, praise the Lord, in this infant, in this state of being formed. He hasn't even been fully developed Praise the Lord. But even though his development was not complete, praise the Lord, God's plan for his life was already done. Can I talk to somebody in this room today that God wants you to quit looking at the incomplete stages of your life? He's wanting to know, will you move with my spirit? Will you move with my word? Will you move with my presence? You got to understand that God's not looking for complete people Praise the Lord to fill people, to fill them with. I mean, he's not looking for complete people to put his spirit in. 
but he's looking for people that are incomplete but are hungry. He's looking for people that are incomplete but thirsty. He's looking for people that are incomplete but are willing, praise the Lord, to be a willing vessel for the Lord. See, what happens is we've got to come to a position, praise the Lord, where we're willing to do whatever God says you want to do. The Bible makes the statement, praise the Lord, that as as, as John the Baptist leaped within the womb, praise the Lord, and the baby was filled with the Holy Ghost, there was a separation, there was a departing, praise the Lord. You don't necessarily hear any more accounts of them coming together and spending time with one another. We understand that it was John's father, praise the Lord, that when John, uh, when, when John's father had not spoken, praise the Lord, from the time of receiving a visitation from an angel. And it was up until the point that John was born where he began to speak and he said, I mean, when John was born, that his father said, I want you to name him John. Can I talk to somebody in this room, praise the Lord, that God has a time and a season for everything. Sometimes there's a season that requires you just to wait and hold the thing that God has put in your heart. You've got to learn how to keep that thing in your spirit. The Bible lets us know that as John's father began to speak and began to declare to the people what his name would be, amazingly the people that were around that were familiar with the silent season of his father began to be amazed and said there's something about this child. Can I tell you that sometimes greatness comes with great silence. Sometimes, praise the Lord, some of the biggest things that are going on in your life or some of the biggest seasons you're getting ready to step into can be also some of the biggest silent moments and some of the biggest silent seasons of your life. Have you ever been in a position where you're like, Brother Hurt, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Praise the Lord. It's like I'm talking to God and God is not talking to me. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, if God's not talking to you in the way, praise the Lord, that seems like every day kind of talk, then let what he spoke to you yesterday continue to talk for today. you got to understand that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's looking for somebody, praise the Lord, that is willing to hold on to the word that he has spoken. What do you mean? Most of the time people are looking for a new day. Why a new day, a new voice, a new word, a new day of sensation. But God's looking for somebody that's so hungry for his word and values his word so much that sometimes God will let you go a few days. Sometimes God will make you go a few weeks and won't say much to you to see if you will value his word in such a way. Praise the Lord that if he won't give you something new today, you'll hold on to what he gave you last week. You'll hold on to what you gave you last cheered is there anybody in this room praise the lord that you're saying brother hurt i've learned praise god to hold on to the voice of god i've learned how to hold on to the word of the lord why because i never know when i'm going to need it i never know praise the lord when there's going to come a time where there might be a famine have you ever, praise the Lord, been in a dark season in your life? Have you ever been in a place, 
Praise the Lord was like, my God. It's like God isn't doing anything at all. It's like nothing really is happening on your behalf. Nothing is moving. Nothing is breaking in your life. Well, can I tell you that oftentimes God will allow you to be in a position like that, praise the Lord, to see if you're going to value what he has spoken from the past concerning your future. Are you looking for him to speak from the now and declare something over your future? Can I tell you that the words that God has spoken to us, many of us, the words that we see in these scriptures, these scriptures, praise the Lord, have been written thousands and thousands of years ago but they're still speaking to us right now. God is looking for somebody in this place, praise the Lord, that will value what he has written, that will value what he has spoken. There's some people, they feel like they need a prophetic word every single day. They need a prophetic word every single week. They need a prophetic word every single month. But can I tell you that the world was framed by the voice of God. Can I tell you, if you get one word from God, that word can keep you today. It can keep you tomorrow. It can keep you next week. It can keep you next year. The whole creation is suspending upon the voice of God. Can I tell you, God's not coming back repeating himself over and over every single year to reinforce, praise the Lord, what he has suspended in creation. He spoke it one time and it was good. And can I tell you, it's still good. So we understand, praise the Lord, that John the Baptist's father, praise the Lord, went through this season of silence. Praise the Lord. But in this silent season, he was holding on to the voice of God. In this silent season, he was holding on to the word of God. There are going to be times where you will find yourself wanting to say something, but God will tell you to be silent. Can I tell you, you got to learn how to be comfortable in the silent seasons of your life. Either you're going to be panicky or either you're going to be frustrated or you're going to be full of peace. Why? Because your silence is not a silence towards God, but the silence is you've got a word from God and you're hiding that thing on the inside of your heart. Can I tell you that in the moment of silence, when God has you being silent, it is at that moment that God's word is speaking into your heart. What do you mean by the hurt? He's looking for somebody that will hold what he has spoken in their heart. You got to learn how to meditate on what God has spoken. You got to learn how to declare that thing into your spirit. There's going to be times in your life where people are even going to want to reach out to you. And you got to learn how to say, you know what? I'm sorry, praise the Lord, but God has got me in a season right now. Praise the Lord, I I can't hang out with you. I I can't talk to you. I, I can't connect with you like this. Why? Because God is doing something on the inside of me. You got to understand God was doing something on the inside of John the Baptist's father, but there was also God had done something on the inside of John the Baptist. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, there are some fathers in this room and there's some mothers in this room that God said, I'm working on your child, praise the Lord, but I need you to learn how to keep your mouth shut. 
What do you mean? Praise the Lord. He said, I'm working on some family members of yours, but, but I need you to learn how to hold the word that I've given you in your spirit. I need you to learn how to be silent in this season and rejoice on the inside. You got to learn how to be silent in this season. Why? Because I am doing a work. Is there anybody in this room, praise the Lord, you've ever aborted something because you missed the mind of God? Have you ever aborted something because you missed the will of God? Well, the Bible lets us know that John the Baptist's father, praise the Lord, was silenced by God. God. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, as he was silenced by God, God was doing a work on the inside of that young man. And there came a time period where that young man had, there came a time where that young man was born. And when that young man was born, he was born as a, as a forerunner, praise the Lord, to prepare the pathway of Jesus. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, that when God looks for someone to be a forerunner, he doesn't look for somebody grown. He raises them up. Can I tell you that God will raise you up in a way that doesn't make any sense at all to people that are around you? But can I tell you, praise the Lord, that John the Baptist had an assignment before he recognized who his God was. You got to understand that he grew into his assignment. He grew into his understanding. He grew up. Praise the Lord, not knowing that God had a mandate on his life. Can I tell many of you in this room that many of you do not realize that God has been preparing you from before you were in your mother's womb. He had already positioned you. He had already put you in a particular place. And he said, this is what I have ordained for you. This is what I've got prepared for you. This is what I desire to do in you and desire to do through you. He doesn't communicate with you and communicate with your parents to see if you will cooperate with what he desires to do. God does not have a plan and then come and consent come to you with consent to see if you will be in agreement with this plan before he has a plan for your life. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They're thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Can I tell you that God doesn't want you to come up with your own expected end. God wants to give you an expected end. God wants to give you something that you can depend on. God wants to give you something that you can expect. There are many people you know, in this world, we live in a world where people say you can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be a doctor, you can be a doctor. If you want to be a lawyer, you can be a lawyer. If you want to be a physician, you can be a physician. If you want to be a teacher, you can be a teacher. But can I tell you, that's not how the kingdom of God operates. You become what God desires for you to become. It's not my will, but your will be done. Jesus said, for this cause, he said, I came into the earth. Can I tell you? There's a cause for why God has got you here right now. There's a cause for why God has put you in this world. There's a cause for why God has put you in this earth. And it's your responsibility to seek God for the cause, for the purpose, for the plan that he has for your life. Well, the Bible declares, praise the Lord, the Bible lets us know that from that point, immediately this young man was raised up. However, he did not realize during this time period, praise the Lord, that there was something uniquely different with him. You got to understand 
that there was no one in the scripture before that time that had ever received the Holy Ghost from the womb. Praise the Lord. This young boy has been filled with the spirit of God, but he doesn't recognize what he has. Can I tell you, you can have something from God and still not recognize what you've got. There are many of you in this room, you have been filled with something, but you don't realize what God has filled you with. Praise the Lord. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but you don't realize why God has given you the Holy Ghost. You have been created for a purpose but you have not even realized the purpose that he has created you for but can i tell you praise the lord that you grow into that you don't just find out about it and then you just grow into it he raises you up into it he prepares you for it he grooms you into it can i tell you there's situations that have gone on in your past that have groomed you for your present condition right now there are situations that god has for your future that your past and your present condition is grooming you for. I've come to tell a few people in this room, praise the Lord, that you're not getting ready to die because you're going through a problem that you don't understand. The problem that you're going through right now that you don't understand is grooming you for something greater that God has for your future. But can there's somebody in this room that will say, God, help me to not lean to my own understanding standing. Help me to lay aside my own ideology for why this is going on and why that is going on and cast all my cares upon you knowing that you care for me. What do you mean? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, Lord, with all of my heart. I'm going to trust you with all of my mind. I'm going to trust you with all of my strength. I'm going to trust you with all of my spirit. But the Bible lets us know, praise the Lord, that throughout the years, this young man, this the cousin of Jesus, he is the oldest. He's actually six months older than Jesus. Praise the Lord. This cousin of Jesus, praise the Lord, he has now showed up on the sea. Praise the Lord. You don't find this man's ministry being birthed, praise the Lord, uh, 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 in the marketplace. He's not being birthed, praise the Lord, in the synagogue. When you see the ministry of Jesus, praise the Lord, in the text, you see him in the synagogue. But you don't see John the Baptist, praise the Lord, preparing the pathway in the church. You don't see him preparing the pathway in the temple. You don't see him preparing the pathway in the synagogue. You find this man in a wilderness. Can I tell you praise the Lord that God filled them with the Holy Ghost from the womb to prepare him for the wilderness but can I tell you that God is not just throwing you in the wilderness John the Baptist because you're bad or because you're an enemy of God he has prepared you in the wilderness why because you're preparing the pathway of God can I tell you praise the Lord that when God looks for a pathway he's not looking for a pathway to be made on streets of gold but when God God looks for a pathway. He looks for a pathway to be made in some of the dark places in a person's life. What do you mean? Can I tell somebody in this room that if you find yourself on a dark pathway when you just wake up and it's like, my God, it's like everything around me is just attacking me. Everything around me just seems like it's just going upside down. Can I tell you that you're not on the pathway to hell. You're on the pathway to seeing the glory of the Lord. Why? Because when God 
looks to present himself. When God sends a forerunner, he's not looking for a forerunner to lay, a, to, to lay down the red carpet on streets of gold. He's looking for him to do it in the darkest places. Uh, the Bible lets us know that John the Baptist is filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb uh, to lay the pathway, to lay the groundwork for the kingdom of God to come down. Can I talk to somebody in this room? If you're looking for the kingdom of God to be peaches and cream, you're in the wrong kingdom. The Bible declares that from the days of John the Baptist until now, he said the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Can I tell you church that we're not on the defensive end, we're on the aggressive end. We're on the offense. What do you mean? We have come to take this thing with strong aggression. Hallelujah, you got to understand, praise the Lord, uh, that there was something that was going on. Lift your hands. Put your hands down. So John the Baptist shows up on the scene. There is a wilderness that John the Baptist is in. This wilderness that John the Baptist is in is a wilderness that he is prepared to enter into. But you got to understand that God did not put him in the wilderness before, before he put John the Baptist in the wilderness. He put the Spirit of God in John the Baptist before he put John the Baptist in the wilderness. Can I talk to somebody in this room uh, that God put something in you before he put you in the storm? Can, can I tell you that God's put something in you before he put you in the storm? And the Bible declares that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Can, can I talk to somebody in this room? Uh, when the kingdom of God enters in, uh, it enters in from the inside uh, before it enters in from the outside. He did not come to establish an outside kingdom. He came to establish uh, an inward kingdom. So the Bible lets us know, praise the Lord, as John the Baptist steps on the scene, you're going to consider the fact that from the womb, praise the Lord, he was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. Praise the Lord, he was filled with the Spirit of God, but he was filled with the Spirit for purpose. Everybody say purpose. Praise the Lord. There's a purpose for why God has done this thing. However, the people in this world were not aware of what God was doing with John the Baptist. Now, you know the story centered around Jesus where Herod, praise the Lord, wanted Jesus killed. Praise the Lord. There, there was a decree that went out in the land and said, you kill every newborn boy, praise the Lord, that enters into this world. Why did this king want this thing done? Is the reason why 
Why? It's because the king understood that there would be one that was supposed to take the throne. And he could not afford allowing another king to come in. Why? Because if you allow the king to come in, it might revive that same passion. It might revive that same power. It might revive that same kind of authority that was there back during the days of Egypt. Back during the days of them coming across the Red Sea. Back during the days of them going into the promised land and overthrowing kings and kingdoms. You got to understand the reason why, praise the Lord, the king wanted this king dead or this potential king to be dead was because he understood that if he did not stop this thing in its if it stage, it's going to grow and there's no stopping it. Can I talk to somebody in this room? The devil wants to kill you before you get started. Uh, the adversary wants to destroy you uh, before you can get your foot off the ground. Uh, but the devil is a liar. If God be before you, uh, he's more. What do you mean? There was a God that had Jesus surrounded. Uh, there was a God that had John the Baptist surrounded. Uh, somebody in this room has got to understand that God has got you covered in your mistakes he's got you covered in your breakthrough he's got you covered on the mountaintop he's got you covered in the valley he's got you covered somebody in this room has got to understand I would have fainted lest I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the Hallelujah. So, you got to understand that God has got you covered. So, John the Baptist, praise the Lord, is on one end uh, and Jesus is on another end. Now, it's amazing. They're both relatives. Uh, however, God has separated them from birth. Uh, before they were born, there was a separation. Uh, how can I prepare the pathway for something uh, that I'm not familiar with? How can I prepare the pathway for someone uh, that I have haven't even met yet. How can I prepare the pathway for something that I don't understand? Can I tell you that God put John the Baptist in the wilderness? Why? Because if you're ever going to learn how to be prepared, you got to go to a dark place to prepare the great picture that God's getting ready to do. What do you mean? If a person is getting ready to develop a picture, they've got to first go to a dark room. And if they go to that dark room, Praise the Lord. You can get the vision that you're looking for, but you got to go into a dark season. Can I tell you that John the Baptist was preparing the pathway for something that was greater, but God had to put him in a dark place. But before he put him in a dark place, he put the light that was the light of this world on the inside of him. Is there somebody in this room that will understand that God has put something on the inside of you that even when you step into a dark place, it illuminates what you mean. The darkness that is around you cannot darken what is on the inside of you. What do you mean? For the Bible declares that God separated the light from darkness. And he called the darkness night. And he called the light 
today uh, there's somebody in this room uh, you got to determine that even though I'm in the dark uh, doesn't mean I walk in the dark uh, even though I'm in the dark uh, I don't walk in darkness uh, why because I've got a light that's on the inside of me uh, somebody in this room uh, needs to stand up to your feet uh, and say I've got a light uh, on the inside of me uh, the Bible declares that the word of the Lord the word of the Lord is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. What do you mean? He's a lamp unto my path. The word of the Lord is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my pathway. You can be seated. So what does that mean? John the Baptist has been risen up. He has risen up. The Lord has raised this young man up and he has raised him up and he throws him into a wilderness. He's been led there by the word of God. You got to understand that when God created you, he created you by his word. When God created your future, he created your future by the word. He declared your end from the beginning. But you've got to hear the word of the Lord. And you have to obey the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord as you're walking in obedience to the word of the Lord. It will illuminate your pathway in the midst of great darkness. Well, God is looking for somebody in this room that will quit looking at the darkness and start looking to obey the next word that God God spoke over your life. Why? Because some of you are afraid of the dark. But the light that you're walking in is greater than the darkness. As a matter of fact, some of you are afraid of the dark. But the dark that you are afraid of is afraid of the light that you walk in. And if you would just embrace the word of the Lord. Darkness will have to flee. The Bible declares that light shined in darkness. And darkness comprehended it not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as would receive him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Is there somebody in this room that says, I'm not rejecting the light. I'm rejecting the darkness. I'm not rejecting the light. I'm rejecting the darkness. Oh, John the Baptist, praise the Lord, is pushing. He is doing the will of God. He is walking the pathway that God is commanding him to walk down. And as he's walking that pathway, he is not trying to operate in ministry. He's not trying to be used of God. All he is trying to do is obey the word of God. Can I talk to somebody in this room? You're like, Brother Hurt, I just want to be used. I just desire to see the miraculous. I just desire to be used of God in ministry. Can I tell you that John the Baptist's desire was not to be used. His desire was to obey the voice of God. God, would you raise up some people that are more hungry to obey your voice than they're hungry to be used by your voice. 
I don't want to just be used by your voice. I want to obey your voice. I don't want to just be used by your spirit. I want to obey your spirit. I don't want to just be used by you, God. I want a relationship with you, God. Is there somebody in this room that says, God, I desire you more than any selfish ambition. I desire you more than any egotistical thing that can come to my mind. Imagination. I desire you more. I desire you. Well, the Bible declares that John the Baptist, praise the Lord, raises up. He is in this wilderness. He's walking in the word of God. And as he's walking in the word of God, the Bible declares that John, the Bible says in this record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites, praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says in John, bear witness of him and cried, saying, this is he who I, whom I expect, he that cometh after me is preferred before me the bible he says for he was before me you got to understand that john the baptist praise the lord is six months older than jesus uh, however john the baptist is saying that jesus uh, is actually before him can i talk to somebody in this room john the baptist uh, understood uh, that in the beginning was the word uh, and the word was with god and the word was god uh, john the baptist understood uh, that even though in the flesh uh, his flesh is older he understood the spirit that this man had was not younger than the flesh that John the Baptist walked in can I talk to somebody in this room when you're preparing the pathway you're not preparing the pathway for something that you're older than but you're preparing the pathway for something that is older than you you're preparing the pathway for something that's greater than you you need to quit dumbing down God you need to quit making God so much smaller and make God a whole lot bigger he didn't say I'm preparing the pathway for someone that I'm older than he said I'm preparing the pathway for someone that was before me can I talk to somebody in this room when you recognize that God was before you there should be something in your spirit that says you know what God I believe you Lord I trust you Lord I magnify you what do you mean he was making God bigger can I tell you as you make God bigger it's like that light begins to shine brighter and brighter and brighter the Bible declares that John the Baptist the Bible says in this is the record of John the Jews sent the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him who are you can I tell you that John the Baptist made the statement he confessed and denied not and he denied not but confessed he said I am not the Christ can I talk to somebody in this room you're not the Christ but just because you're not the Christ doesn't mean you can't prepare the path pathway for Christ to walk down you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk into your school you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk into your home you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk in your mind you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk in your children you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk in your family you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk in this city you need to prepare a pathway for Christ to walk in D.C. 
I'm talking to somebody in this room. You ain't got to be Christ to prepare the pathway of a Christ. All you got to do is recognize who Christ is and say, Lord, I'm willing to submit myself to the voice of God. I'm willing to submit myself. I'm willing to surrender myself. Well, the Bible declares, it says that that next day, I mean, the Bible declares, it says, uh, he said, I'm not that Christ. And he says that they asked him, what are you? He said, are you Elijah? Well, the Bible makes a statement that Jesus made the statement. He said that there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. And they asked John the Baptist, they they asked Jesus, said, whoa, 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 who is he? He said, he was Elijah. And they, they said, well, well, well I, I thought you. I thought the Bible said that that before the Messiah came, Elijah would come, and Jesus said that. John the Baptist was Elijah. However, at this personal time in Elijah, in John the Baptist's life, John the Baptist was not aware of who he was. Can I talk to somebody in this room that when you're walking in the light, the light doesn't always reveal who you are at the moment that you're walking in it. But as you keep on walking, the Lord will begin to reveal who you were sometimes after you're gone. But if you're waiting to find out who you are, In order to obey the voice of God, you might miss the will of God for your life. Some of you in this room, you're like, well, pastor, I'm not a pastor. You're saying, preacher, I'm not an evangelist. Preacher, I'm not a prophet. No, you obey the voice of God. And after you obey the voice of God, the Lord will determine who you are. You don't wait to find out who you are before you step out in the voice of God. You obey the voice of God and your obedience will reveal who you are and who you were that was hidden in Christ. He never would have recognized who he was. He could not see who he was. The light was not there to reveal who he was. The light was there to reveal who Jesus was. Can I talk to somebody in this room? He's looking for a prophet in this room that will step out. You don't know you're a prophet, but that's because you won't step out yet. You don't know you're an evangelist because you don't step out yet. You don't know that you're a pastor because you may not have stepped out yet. But this man had stepped out. He was functioning in the capacity that God called him to, but he still did not know who he was. Can I tell you, you cannot get your affirmation. You can't get your validation from your identity. You get your affirmation and your validation from who God is. If you walk in who God is, he will reveal who you are. But you have the responsibility of revealing who he is before he reveals who you are. What do you mean, Mother Hurt? The Bible declares, the Bible declares, he says, are you the prophet? He said, no. They said, then who are you? And they, they, they began to give an answer to him. And the Bible says, they said, who are you? And he said, I'm just a voice crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. Can I talk to you? He was in the wilderness. Why? Because God drew him there. The Lord led him there. The Spirit brought him there. 
that the spirit did not keep him there. Can I talk to somebody in this room that God's got you in the wilderness because that wilderness is where you're going to have the pathway for the runway for God to walk down. What do you mean he's got you in the wilderness? Because that wilderness is the pathway that you're going to begin to connect people to God but you'll never be able to make a connection between God in this world or God in this creation if God can't get you in a dark place. The Bible declares in the book of Genesis that before the Lord said let there be light there was darkness, there was void all in the face of the earth but the spirit of God moved anyway. If God can get you to move by way of his spirit, his word will come in and will start rearranging things that are in your life. What do you mean by the hurt? Quit focusing on the darkness and walk in the light of the word and the word will begin to separate and as there's a separation there will begin to be things that people will begin to see and say alright, that sister's got something, that brother's got something and the Bible declares that people begin to come to the wilderness. John the Baptist did not meet the people in the city. They came to him in the wilderness. John the Baptist did not go to the city to find the people. His light shined so much. The people came to the wilderness. What do you mean? The ministry that John the Baptist had was not to get him to the city. And it was not to get him out of the wilderness. He needed the wilderness to win the people that were in the city. There are some of you that are praying that God will pray all of your wilderness experiences away. But how are you going to prepare the pathway without a wilderness? The Bible declares in the book of book of Exodus. He said, "Let us." Moses said to Pharaoh, "He said, let us go. Let my people go. That we will go and worship God in the wilderness." That they would go and give sacrifice unto God in the wilderness. God shows up in wildernesses. Some of you are spending all of your spiritual warfare trying to fight against the wilderness. You need to quit fighting against the wilderness and stand up and declare the word of the Lord in the midst of the wilderness. You will see angels descend and ascend in your wilderness. You will see God send miraculous things in your wilderness. He showed Moses his glory in the wilderness. He had a mountaintop experience in the midst of the wilderness. What worth is John the Baptist? If John the Baptist has no wilderness. John the Baptist. Bible says. 
said. Next day, John sees Jesus coming. John the Baptist John the Baptist. Lift your hands. John the Baptist is in the world. The Bible declares in the book of John, it says, there was a man from God, sent from God, whose name was John. John was not only sent from God, but Jesus was too. There was a man sent from John, the same, came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. That all men, through him, might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which was sent to bear, that was a true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believes on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. John was sent into this world to prepare a pathway He was sent into this world to be a witness. When you are a witness, you prepare pathways. That means if you are a pathway preparer, you've got to be willing to do something that maybe somebody in front of you might not be doing. How are you going to lay a pathway And you're waiting for somebody else to do what God is telling you to lay the pathway for, for him to do.
if you're waiting for people in the church to do what God has called you to do, how are you going to be a witness? What made John the Baptist an effectual witness was that he was willing to go. He didn't sit back and say, I'm waiting for an event. He wasn't waiting for a spectacular move of God to happen where everybody come to awareness. Oh, it's revival time. Many people are missing the moment. Because you're looking for a pause. You're looking for a, a pause in time where everything just is like God. And there's an awareness. You're waiting for Azusa Street. And from the time of Azusa Street until now in this nation, people have been waiting for another Azusa Street when the earth has been groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. The church is waiting for Azusa Street and the earth is groaning for the sons of God. John the Baptist didn't say, well, I'm just going to wait until I see Jesus and then reveal who he is. Just because he was sent into the world to be a witness and to be a forerunner doesn't mean that he waits for that particular moment. There was more to his life than waiting for that moment. In the book of John chapter 129. Because there was a lot more that went on prior to that. That prepared him for John 1 and 29. God is saying to somebody in this room. I have called you to win those that are in your wilderness. If you're in a wilderness, it's ministry time. Quit spending your prayer life trying to pray your way out of a wilderness and pick up a Bible study chart. Quit spending your time trying to pray your way out of the wilderness and go to a hospital and start laying hands on people. John the Baptist ministered under the law. People had to come to where he was at. But by grace, we go to where the people are. You may be in a wilderness. The difference is we don't go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem goes to the people. We don't go to the tabernacle. The tabernacle goes to the people. 
We don't go to the kingdom. The kingdom goes to the people. The people don't go to the wilderness. Them that are in the wilderness go to the people. You're praying. Lord, I need you to fix this. Lord, I need you to change that. Wilderness experience birth fervency in a person's spirit. Bible declares, to you lift your hands? It births fervency in your spirit. Put your hands down. John the Baptist. You can be frustrated over eating locusts and honey. You can be frustrated over eating locusts and honey and, 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 and living in the wilderness. Or you can say, this is my portion. I'm paying, I'm preparing the pathway for something greater. I listened to a prophet yesterday. Listen to a preacher yesterday. And I was like, my God, everything he talks about has nothing to do with but nothing but money. Your increase. But John the Baptist said, I must decrease. Church, this ain't the time for your increase. This is the time for your decrease. You don't increase on God's time. You decrease on God's time so that God can get the increase in your life. He said, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself. John the Baptist had to deny himself. Some of you are living, murmuring. You're complaining in your homes. You're murmuring in your homes. Matter of fact, I don't even think we have to even wait till tonight. You're murmuring in your homes. Some of you ministry leaders are murmurers and backbiters. Some of you that are here and some of you that are not here. You have conversations at your dinner table with you and your wife that you ought not have. But you believe that because she's your wife or he's your husband, you have been, you, you, God just doesn't consider that to be backbiting. If you have it all, you take it to your leader. If you have an alt, you take it to the individual that you have an alt with. But many of you in this room, you privately slander your leaders. You murmur 
You complain. You have a whole lot of output, but no input. God is looking for somebody that will get this garbage out of your life. Because if you use your wilderness wrong, you'll either use it to advance the kingdom of God or you will use it to to try to divide and destroy the kingdom of God. I'm afraid that there are a few of you in here are double agents. You're a double agent. It's like someone that they're a citizen of the United States and they do work for the United States but they also do work for the other side. Because when you're not submitted to your word, to the word, but yet you want to continue to do work in the ministry, you got to choose whose side you're going to be on. But when you refuse to be submitted to the word, but yet you want to do the work, You become an agent, not just for the work of the ministry, but you become an agent to the other side. You become a double agent. John the Baptist is a primary example of what you should be. Absalom Saul is a primary example of what you should not be. You privately have conversations with one another but won't privately have a conversation with a person you need to have a conversation with. You have a lot of head knowledge, but you have no power. You have a reputation of what God has done for you, but you are spiritually dead. And because you can still recite a few things that God has shown you throughout the years, you think you're walking in revelation. If you can't live it, what value is it? What do you say, Brother Her? God wants to break this thing. God wants to destroy this thing. God wants to annihilate this thing. God wants to remove this thing. But I got to do 
It's time to walk in the word. He walked in the word. And the more he walked in it, the more he was able to point people in the right direction. You don't point people in the right direction by what you speak in, but by what you walk in. God needs people that will not just talk in the spirit. He needs people that will walk in the spirit. Not when it's just time to do ministry. But when it's time to obey him. John the Baptist was not trying to do the work of the ministry. John the Baptist was trying to obey God. And by obeying God, you will do the work. Because faith without works is dead. John the Baptist, what are you doing? Who are you, John the Baptist? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? I'm just a voice. Those religious people's problem was they they wanted to be more than just voices. (laughs) Sometimes we won't obey God unless we feel like it's like someone that's like, you know, if I'm a prophet, if he tells me I'm a prophet, then I'm going to start doing prophet things. If he tells me I'm an apostle, I'm going to start doing apostle things. If he tells me I'm an evangelist, I'm going to start doing evangelist things. But what if he tells you that he's God? Then you should be responding like he's your God kind of thing. And then he starts telling you to start doing certain things. And you respond because he's God. And as you're responding because he's God, then next thing you know, he starts telling you to do things in particular. And through your obedience, it reveals who you are. Instead of, him remi- instead of him declaring who you are with no obedience to the voice of God in your life. Bible says John the Baptist looks up and he sees Jesus coming to him. Jesus never would have came, Pastor not there if John the Baptist wasn't in the right place 
if God can't trust you with the wilderness, how can the world trust your witness? Are you going to quit because the wilderness is uncomfortable? Do you see the wilderness as an enemy or do you see the wilderness as a friend? Your wilderness should not only bring you closer to Jesus, but your wilderness should bring other people that are around you closer to Jesus. The next day, John sees Jesus. And all of a sudden, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Wilderness shift just like that. A lot of times you don't see Jesus at the beginning. You may see what Jesus does through you. But you may not always see Jesus in the way that you want to see Jesus. Until he shows up at the end of that thing. He says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Have you ever been in a place where you've been working to please God? You denied yourself. I just want to please you. And you're waiting. There's a word that God has given. When, when, when you see the Son, when, when you see the Spirit of God descend upon him like a dove and rest on him, the same as the and you're waiting for that moment. And that moment happens. Have you ever been at a point where you're being faithful over a few things? God's looking for some people in this room that will take your mind off of the faithfulness of yesterday. And ask yourself, what am I doing now? What am I doing now? He said, this is he whom I said after the, after me cometh a man, which is preferred before me, for he was before me. When you act like in your spirit that you're better than God, you quit whatever you want to. You do what you want to. You say what you want to. And you act how you want to. But when you recognize that you've been given the privilege to prepare a pathway for someone greater than you, you do whatever you can possible to make sure you do it with honor. 
Lift your hands. Lord. What is your word telling me to do? What is your Bible telling me to do, God? What is the preached word telling me to do? The word of the Lord is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And that lamp was able to even draw wilderness, draw Pharisees to the wilderness and causing people to repent. Is your obedience bringing people to repentance? Because your obedience to God will always include you being a light to people. And if your obedience does not illuminate, then what are your witness for? And who are you a witness to? Because when you're submitted to the light, when you're submitted to the spirit, when you're submitted to the word, People see it. Your wilderness should draw you to people. Your wilderness is not there for you to complain. When the Jews went into the wilderness, it was there for them to worship that they would know the law of God and know the way of God. He directed them in the law in the wilderness. In the wilderness. It's time to get rid of selfish ways we're either going to embrace the wilderness or we're going to despise it Lord the bottom line is what are you going to do Are you demanding that God give you all the answers before you honor him as God? John the Baptist didn't even know who Jesus was. He knew who the son was. He knew who Christ, I mean, he knew who his cousin was. 
He didn't know who the Christ was. But are you going to let your limited understanding stop you from obeying God? Are you going to obey him even when you don't understand it? I'm going to walk in the light of your word. The word of the Lord is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. You've got to walk in it. As you walk in it, there's illumination. But you've got to walk in it. You've got to take one foot and put it out in front of the other and step out. Just like Peter stepped out of the boat. He stepped out on what God told him and something happened. There's something that happens when you step out in obedience even when you don't understand the why. You don't need to understand the why to step out. All you need to be able to understand is the who. Who said it? And if God said it, that should be enough to get your foot walking. He'll keep you moving if you keep embracing what he said. every weight there was a group of people in the children of Israel that missed their wilderness they despised the wilderness so much they desired to go back to their own bondage your wilderness will either push you backwards or push you forward But if it's going to push you forward, you better get some vision. And that vision has to go beyond just, I just, I just want this thing to be over with. Your vision should put you into a point where you start seeing what God's going to do with other people that are around you right now. How can I let my light shine? The wilderness isn't there for you to be critical of everybody, everything. There's a difference between discerning of spirits and a critical spirit.
I wish we could go back to the days where if we had a problem with someone, you'd take it to them. Because if it's not worth talking to them about it in a biblical manner, it's not worth talking to nobody else about. Because whenever we're in the wilderness and it's all about us, but the sprigs will never decrease. When it's about us, it's about our time to shine. It's about us. He said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. See, the thing is, when it's about you, you'll get offended when Jesus shows up. It's all about you. It's all about what you want. It's all about what you plan. It's all about what you got desired. It's all about your sacrifices and what you gave up. You don't even look at what he gave up. You magnify a career that you had to walk away from above the sacrifice of a spotless lamb. You magnify an offense towards a leader, an offense towards a brother or sister in the church. You'd rather magnify it than to magnify the blood shed of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus. Instead of allowing the blood that brings us together, the spirit that brings us together, we'll let something else separate us. What are you going to do with this wilderness? What are you going to do with this wilderness? You're going to waste it like the last ones. You're going to use it to just, you know, you move from one wilderness to another wilderness, one storm to another storm, one problem to another problem. Are you ready to come out? Maybe you need to apologize. Maybe you need to repent. Say, Brother Hurd, I haven't been saying it. Maybe that ain't you, but there's an undercurrent here. Sometimes a strong undercurrent can affect how a ship turns. time to get rid of the murmuring and complaining, especially from key people. 
Because when Jesus comes, revival really happens. But can he trust you with the process? As Jesus come into the River Jordan, that didn't come by accident. That didn't happen by accident. Somebody had to have their priorities in alignment. And that was, I got to obey God. Not obey my feelings. Not obey my emotions. But obey the word of God. What is God saying to you? Because when we ignore what God says, then we magnify what somebody said against us. When we ignore what God says, then we magnify what fear says to us. When we ignore what God says, we magnify what man says or what man can do to us. But when you magnify what God says and you walk in it, you can look at this mountain and say, who are you? You can look at that giant and say, who are you that defies the armies of God? Why? Because you're in submission to the word of God. You recognize that you have been given orders by God. And it's your responsibility to obey those orders that are given to you by God. He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and command it to be moved, and it will do exactly what you tell it to do. Why would the mountain do it? Because you're willing to do exactly what God tells you to do. If you're willing to do exactly what God tells you to do, that mountain will do exactly what you tell it to do. But if we're not willing to do exactly, you can't demand a level of obedience from a spirit that is higher than your level of obedience towards God. It's all back in your court. You have to make a move. And that move is not just coming to an altar and crying. You know how to do that. It's coming to an altar and dying. And it's also you leaving your gift at the altar and being reconciled. been slandering people, you've been running people in the mud, you need to get it right. You got an all you got an offense with somebody, somebody got an all on offense with you. 
Here we go, get it right. Some of you are effect, infecting your families with garbage. You are infecting them. I've seen it where the mom was bitter, the father was bitter. Mom became bitter, then the father got bitter. Then when the father got bitter, then the children got bitter. Now the whole family bitter at the ministry and the whole family bitter at the church. This is a time when you're real with God. Or we can act like those that are on Broadway. See, on Broadway, you can be a good Pentecostal. Hear a message like this, but make no moves. Come to an altar, act like you know where ain't nobody. He ain't talking about me. Straight gate people. They hear a word like this and they die. They do something. Straight gate people will hear the word of the Lord and then they're going to submit themselves to it. Broadway people find an excuse for why they can't obey the word of the Lord but still maintain their office as being God's people. Some of you are like, man, is my attitude bad? Yeah, you got a bad attitude. You're selfish. You need to tell God, Lord, I'm selfish. I got a bad attitude. I, I'm a murmurer. Not just confess it, but be upset about it. It should bother you. You should be offended that you're offended all the time. You should be offended that you're, you're, you're bitter. You, you should be offended that you're a backbiter. That, that should offend you. should not be that we get so close to the end of time that we become offended at everybody else, not offended at the stuff that offends God that's in us. You're offended by the stuff. And some of you are offended by things that are in people that are also in you. God calls that a hypocrite. I'm telling you, God, this, this thing has to be peeled all the way back. You got to get this stuff out of your life. Because you can't walk in kingdom authority if you can't walk as a son. And sons do that which pleaseth the Father. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Are you walking to please your Father? Or are you just walking to be used by your Father? Or just be accepted? 
to talk to the Lord. If you need to get out, if you need to not come to the altar and go out there to the foyer, make a phone call and get some stuff right with somebody, do it. You got a problem with somebody in the church? Don't come to this altar. Go to them. Say, Brother Hurt, I don't want to go to them. You've been going to everybody else about them. Maybe they need to see you go to them. We can go to everybody else and tell our complaints and problems about everybody else in the church. But the moment it's time to be reconciled, we want to reconcile in private. But divide in public. We go now I gotta make a call we gotta be safe we gotta be holy how are you using your wilderness is it all about you or is it all about Jesus Can't let it go to waste. Come on. It doesn't even matter if the world gives you permission to be bitter. You know, so many times in the church we're like, well, we're like Brother, Brother Bellington, you, you, you have a you have a right to be offended. You have a right to be bitter. Because if I was in that situation, I'd be bitter too. Listen, concurring with other people about feelings ain't Bible. Coming into agreement because we have the same feelings and same emotion don't make it right. It makes it unholy. And it will affect your witness. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be witnesses. The spirit that you have is holy. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It's hypocrisy when we assume that we follow peace and I put my mouth on you privately, but then in front of your face, oh, praise the Lord, brother. God bless you. You're a liar and a hypocrite. It's time to tear this thing down. You need to be offended when someone comes to you with some stuff. It's time to start when people come to you about somebody. It's time for you to just call that person on the phone. Or they come to you and say, well, you know, brother, brother, brother Larry, let's, let's pray for brother John. 
I just, I need you to pray for a man, you know. I, I'm not gossiping. I just, we, we need to come together and pray. Well, why don't you bring him? Why don't you ask John? Why don't you ask Larry? Hey, Larry, do you mind if I call John? Have him pray. Let's come pray. But, but no, you, you don't want to call Larry. You just want to talk about Larry to John. So you cover it up with self-righteousness. Or, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about, I'm, I'm concerned about the pastor. Well, what are you concerned about? Oh, I'm concerned about his wife. Well, you're concerned about, well, you know, they just don't do things the same. Well, okay. Let's be in prayer for him. No, why don't you call him? Why don't you call them? It's time to be effective. The wilderness was never intended for a whole generation to be killed. When God brought them to the wilderness, it was not to kill them. All he wanted to do was show them his law that they could worship and that they could have relationship with them and make sacrifice. That was it. They would know the way of God. That, that was it. What turned in what was supposed to be a thing that would be a place where they would have a relationship with God became a place that became their graveyard. And when we enter in the wilderness selfish, we're getting ourselves closer to a graveyard. When we reject the relationship. And when that happens, our wilderness holds no value for other people. That means that when you go to people, you become like a graveyard. You drain people. But what happens when you say, I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb. You can revive a whole nation. God's looking for some John the Baptists that are willing to see Jesus and reveal Jesus. Put your hands, talk to the Lord.